Hello, hello, everybody. It is I, the Great Clement, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host. Hello, everyone. It's Caro again. I love y'all. I miss y'all. It, it's been quite the summer. It's been quite the summer. We're at the end of July, heading into August. It's been a very hot one. I don't know about you, but Jesus, it's been hot lately. Oh, it's been so hot over here, too. Very hot. Very stormy. Oh, my goodness. The storms have been absolutely awful. And I oh, yeah. don't like thunderstorms at all. Like, I hate thunderstorms. So all that lightning and thunder legit scares me. I don't mind thunder as long as I'm not outside. Like, if I'm inside the house, whatever, thunder isn't going to affect me at all. But if I'm outside, I'm usually, like, running. Because, like, <laughs> it wasn't too long ago, actually. It was, like, three days ago. I went for a walk, and it was kind of, like, cloudy a little bit, but I didn't see any rain. It felt like it was fine to just walk around in that weather. And then I get to the park, and it starts to drizzle a little bit. So it's starting to drizzle. Okay, I'm getting a little bit wet, but whatever. It's just rain. And then, like, five minutes later... Oh, no. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm running to the house, running home, because I don't want to get struck by lightning, and I don't know the odds of that. I don't know if it's ever going to happen to me. Probably not, but, you know. Uh, I don't like being outside when the thunder's out. If I'm inside, whatever. I'm fine looking at the sky flash. I'm fine with the loud noises, but not not when I'm out there. Not when I'm actually no, walking no, no. outside. When I'm if I was outside, I'd be like leaving you at the park. <laughs> I just want to bolt in my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see where where the park is. We could easily just like run into like a Tim Hortons or a McDonald's or something because there's tons of buildings next to the park. But I, I just wanted to get home, so I ran for home. Yeah, for sure. But otherwise, it's been usually hot, very, very sweaty. Been dealing with a lot of mosquitoes, and I am not a fan yeah. of mosquitoes. If anyone knew oh, me, oh, I in know real you life, aren't. <laughs> and anyone who knows me in real life knows that I just despise mosquitoes. They they turn me from a calm, collected person into an insane, crazy psychopath. And I I go from Jekyll to Hyde like instantly as soon as I hear a mosquito buzz by my ear. The switch is wild, because I'll be talking to you, like, on Discord, and then I hear silence, and I'm like, man, are you okay? And then you're like, damn it. Under your breath, I'm like, did you see another mosquito? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so. And then I spend the next five minutes just, like, moving my eyes around the room, looking every single corner, trying to find where that mosquito went because I can't see him anymore, but I didn't kill him yet, so I know he's still in there. So I'm going to just stare obsessively until I know for sure that he's dead. I got my fly swatter in hand. I am ready. Where are you, mosquito? Where are you? And uh, it's ironic because I did a playthrough of Mr. Mosquito. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. I just find that so funny. It's like you have a mosquito that lives in your gaming cabinet 24-7. And I love him. He's a fun character. I wish that would be a series like Katamari Damacy was. But hey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> just, ugh, just not fun. I mean, I've been walking around a lot more lately um, just to get in shape, to get a little thinner because I gained a little bit of weight uh, back in like uh, June, May, around there. And I'm just trying to slim down, get back to my, my usual weight, you know. Right. As for life updates, uh, remember when I said that I wasn't going to get my second shot until September? Yes. 
Well, guess what? <gasps> you got it? All of a, <gasps> wow. All, all, of a, all of a sudden, I get an email that says, hey, uh, our schedules have cleared up. Hey, we're moving it a lot sooner than expected. Do you want to come in to get your second shot? And boom, it is now July 27th as of this podcast recording. And I am fully immune. I have both vaccines. I have both of my shots. And uh, I'm that much closer to becoming a living god! <laughs> you're that much closer to becoming Pierce, okay? You're also, you're, you also have 5G. Yeah, I have 5G. I, my phone has been connecting great. It's amazing. <laughs> I always hear that joke, and then I just expect to have, like, telepathic powers, like I'm Professor X or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I could just win any argument, because I'm going to be reading their minds, knowing what makes them tick, and boom! Thanks, 5G. Thanks, vaccination shots. Okay, well, read my mind now with your 5G. What am I thinking? Kenny Omega. No, Adam Page. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Son of a bitch but either way uh nothing to cover it's just you know i went to the same place i did before it was pretty much the exact same experience as it was before and i covered it in the last podcast um you know it's just nice to know that i am not likely to pick up the virus it could still happen but i am not likely to because i still wear my mask everywhere i go to shops and stuff because shops still require them and i'm not going to disobey the law just because you know, I got my vaccines. No, if they say you need a mask, I'll still wear a mask because that's the sensible, considerate thing to do. You know? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I still wear my mask because I work with school children. They're not vaxxed yet. So, you know, I have to protect them. And I ride public transit nearly every single day. And I don't trust the public. So I am still wearing my mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what happened in my life. Did anything interesting happen to you this summer? You know, my life's been pretty much the same old, same old. Um, I've actually been working some summer camps the past couple of weeks, and um, the kids have been wonderful. They're not like my regular academic year kids, but they're fun to be around. We actually did this really cute activity today where they drew their own monster and they had to um, write a story about their monster and share it with everyone in their group. And all the kids would ask each other questions about their monster, and it was just fun. It was a fun time. <laughs> so just really fun, silly, summery activities like that. I can't say I've ever heard of drawing a monster on purpose. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, when I was in kindergarten or whatever, they always made us draw, like, houses and kitty cats and stuff like that, but never monsters. But, you know, it's summer, like, you want to do academic stuff with the kids. Like, this activity was specifically to um, help them develop character details and reading comprehension and to just practice their writing. But, like, you want to make it interesting, too, because it's summer vacation. Kids aren't exactly in a mindset to learn, you know, because they want to enjoy the break. Yeah. So doing like a fun activity while also kind of sneaking in some education in there tends to be pretty successful for a lot of my kids. So, yeah, it was fun. It's weird. The only time I was ever in like school during the summer was summer school when I had to like make up for a credit that I wasn't doing all that great on. And uh, 
I, I, I specifically remember that because it was only me and like nine other kids in this one classroom, only nine other kids. And we always hung out, had our little breaks, and we'd go to the convenience store that was right next to the school. And that was the first time I ever, ever, ever tasted vanilla Coke. <laughs> and vanilla Coke is like one of my favorite soft drinks ever. It's, it's like every time I go to Toronto. I go to the movie theater there, and the movie theater has, like, every single cola selection you can imagine, including vanilla Coke. So I always mm -hmm. fill up this large, large soda drink with vanilla Coke, and it's, it's, it's always a delight. It's why I always want to go see a movie whenever I'm in Toronto. It's fantastic. Yeah, you end up finishing the cup, too. It's so good! I know it's so good. I mean, ever since I started losing weight in the beginning of, like, 2020 the late 2019 i just like i can't drink soda as much as i i like it and vanilla coke is really just kind of a special occasion thing because like i'm not really that big into alcohol or liquor honestly mm -hmm. like I, I don't get drunk often and i don't like to drink but my guilty pleasure drink my my cheat drink i guess would be like pepsi or vanilla coke or something right if i'm ever celebrating something you'll probably see me with a vanilla coke <laughs> 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 yeah i mostly drink water yeah yeah i drink alcohol too i can't like i don't know if it's an age thing but i find that i can't drink as much as i did when i was in college uh probably it's like i don't want to get drunk drunk or wasted like i'll have like if a friend offers it to me i'll have like one or maybe two but I can't remember the last time I had more than, like, four or five drinks. <laughs> I really can't. It's, it's always just been that experience for me where, like, even in high school, even in when I was just a teenager, I was just sort of like, yeah, it's okay, but it makes my stomach feel weird. It makes my mm -hmm. head feel weird. Yep. And I get a little loosey-goosey, and that's kind of fun sometimes. But then sometimes I drink too much, and I start throwing up afterwards, or I can't walk straight. Or I play a Super Meat Boy game when I shouldn't be playing it. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fine, but, like, I like having my head straight. I like having full awareness. I like having complete control over my, my body and doing whatever I want to do. And, you know, when I drink Pepsi or something, I'm not going to worry about that because I'm not going to get liquored up and drunk about it. And most liquor I don't like. I famously am a big fan of cherry whiskey because that's like mm -hmm. one of the only liquors I like that kind of tastes like candy to me. Like tastes like some kind of soft drink or something. Mm -hmm. Everything else, there's just a, such a thickness, a, such a strong aftertaste to it that like I could never really get into the whole drinking thing. It's like, I'll drink if, there's, if it's there and if I'm celebrating some kind of special occasion, like sure, but I'm not going to overdo it because I just, I don't like drinking, honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you know, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, speaking of your kids drawing monsters, I actually thought that was a pretty good segue. Oh. Because I have been playing a video game that I did not expect to play. Uh, like, literally, before E3, I had no intention of playing this. I wasn't really hyped to play it. I didn't even know it really existed. But then I saw it a lot during E3, and I figured, eh, what the hell? And I picked up Monster Hunter Stories 2. And this is my first Monster Hunter game. 
Right. I have not touched this series at all. I've always been aware of it since the mid-2000s when I first arrived on PlayStation 2. I've always been aware of the Wii games and the 3DS games, but it just never really appealed to me in terms of its style, in terms of the gameplay I saw people doing. It starts to build up a little bit of steam, though, when you start finding out that it's one of Capcom's best-selling franchises. Yeah. Monster Hunter actually is, like, huge in terms of sales. It makes, like, millions of dollars all the time. And, you know, I see content creators play stuff like Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter Rise, and it must be great. It must be really fun. I just haven't really got into it yet. It hasn't really appealed to me yet. Mm Mm-hmm. But... I think that's about to change because I really got into Monster Hunter Stories 2, which uh, I saw like a gameplay demo of it uh, during the Nintendo Treehouse at last year's E3, or sorry, this year's E3, and um, I don't know, it it looked fun. I'm a big JRPG guy, I'm a big turn-based battle guy, and I thought it looked really fun. I like the fact that You can customize your character to look like any kind of anime character you want them to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, seriously, they have every set of anime eyes, every set of anime face, anime hairstyle you could possibly want. If you want to make Krillin from Dragon Ball Z, you can make (laughs) Krillin. If you want to make Brock from Pokemon, you could make Brock, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh... I made my character just, you know, just a brunette who looks like a jackass. He kind of looks like Gary Oak a little bit. I got that vibe, too. He looks like he's going to tell uh, your mom to smell you later or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm in the same boat as you are, so I never play Monster Hunter. Like, it's weird because, like, I knew Monster Hunter is a big franchise, but I guess... Friends of mine in my gaming circle were never into Monster Hunter, so I never, you know, played it. Like, there have been games that I've gotten into because of my friends, because, like, Ted got me into Ace Attorney, Clements got me into Mega Man, you know, and I guess no one around me just played Monster Hunter, so I never bothered to play it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I saw the trailer for Monster Hunter Stories 2 at E3, and that also interested me, too, because I also like JRPGs. So, I didn't get the game because, um, I'm saving finances for other things, which I'll tell you all about later, but (laughs) I got the demo, and I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed what I played from the demo. My character is pink-haired and has very cute eyes, and she she looks like me if I had pink hair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, though, Caro, I feel like if you've played the demo, you have a pretty good idea of what the whole game is like. Because even though they do add more monsters and they do add more mechanics and stuff, I feel like you got a big gist of what the game is like in general, what you're going to be doing in every single area, every single uh, place that you go to. So you might not know the story, but you do have a pretty good idea of how the rest of the game is going to play out. So you can actually talk about the gameplay pretty nicely, I think. Okay, yeah. Other than, like how hard it gets or whatever but yeah um i never played monster hunter stories one i didn't even know it existed (laughs) i didn't even know it existed on the 3ds but again i kept seeing cutscenes and trailers of this second one and you know it's voice acted it's got a nice anime art style it looks really really cool and i thought well you know what i keep hearing how great monster hunter is this feels like a great gateway for me so i picked it up uh I, i enjoyed the demo like you did 
And then I picked it up and yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it and I've been playing it pretty much all month. And admittedly, it has swayed me into purchasing a copy of Monster Hunter World for the PlayStation 4 because I want to see what the main series is actually like. I want to see what the main games are actually all about. And uh, that's the fun of gateway games, you know? Like right. I, I wanted to play a JRPG. Hey, it's Monster Hunter as a JRPG. That looks fun. So I picked it up. Now I'm into Monster Hunter. <laughs> At least I, for now. I might not enjoy the main games. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's also really interesting. Mm -hmm. But uh, the gameplay is pretty interesting where you play technically a Monster Hunter rider. Yes. You're not like uh, one of the traditional hunters. You're not just killing these monsters for sport or whatever they do in the games. Um, you are taming these beasts and collecting them like they are Pokemon. So you see this little blue raptor guy, and you get that one for free from your friend Kana, and I love Kana. She's the best character. Yeah, I like her too. <laughs> yeah, so that appealed to me too. Just like Pokemon, Pokemon-esque mechanics and like capturing monsters. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I dig that sort of stuff, especially like in a turn-based format. So, yeah. There are some monsters you can't capture. Like, when you look in the Monsterpedia, there are some things that cannot hatch an egg and cannot be tamed. So there are some monsters you're not going to be able to control, especially the bigger ones. But still, it's a giant selection of things, and they always encourage you to go into these monster dens, which are these big rock caves where you go in, and there's a nest, and sometimes there's a monster guarding the nest, sometimes there's not, but you go and pick out all these eggs, and you actually pay attention to how the color and shape of the eggs are, because yep. sometimes they have polka dots, sometimes they have, like, zebra stripes, sometimes they have stars, you know? They're always different colors, they're always different shapes, and they will hatch a different monster, and every single egg is an individually different one uh, based on their colors and stuff, so, like, I, I would spend, like, time, like collecting all of these different eggs and then compare and contrast to all the eggs I have in my carton, all the ones I've collected thus far. And if it was a new design, I'm like, well, I got to pick that up because I don't know what's in there. It's new. It's something different. Got to see what it is. <laughs> yeah. And monsters are divided into like three different types. There's like power types, technical types, speed types. And whenever you come up to a wild monster out in the wild, um, they will always be doing attacks of their type. So if you see a blue raptor, it's probably a speed type. It's going to do speed type moves, which means you have to use technical abilities in order to get the drop on him and win your, your engagements. And when you see a technical monster, you got to use power types. When you see a power type, you got to use speed types. It's a triangle, like fire emblem, rock, paper, scissors kind of thing going on. Yep, the good old rock, paper, scissors format. And, and sometimes, when you're in battles, the monsters will actually change their pattern, especially if it's a boss fight, where they'll get mad. They'll get mad and yeah. enraged, and all of a sudden, that speed type is now a power type. So, but the good thing is, like Final Fantasy X, you can always just, like, call out any monster you want in, in a single turn, and then use them, like, right then and there. Yeah, I, I appreciated that, yeah. So if a monster gets mad and turns into a power type, I can just immediately switch out to a speed type monster as my backup, and then I don't really have to worry about it. But uh, and, and it seems like it would get a little bit repetitive and a little bit more um, frustrating, but I think what the main game, when you get past the demo, does is that they start incorporating battles where, like, there are monsters of different types 
combined in the same battle. So you'll see like two technical types and one speed type. And you can only have one monster backup. And you really have to pay attention to uh, when the turn ends, like their lines are crossing and, they're, and they're, you can see what they're going for and who they're going to attack. And you really have to plan out, okay, should I hit this guy first? Should I ride my monster and do their kinship skill? Because the kinship will, will delay them a turn and they won't get a turn if I use it. Uh, should I use a healing item, even though I might take damage because there's this thing aimed at me? Like, there's actually a lot of depth to it that I wasn't expecting going in that makes every single battle more engaging than the last. And it, it keeps it from being repetitive when it easily could have been, because you do do the same thing constantly throughout the whole game. You do just go into monster dens. You have a partner who helps you out. It's not always Kana. Sometimes it's a different character when you get to a new area and then a different character when you get to another new area. Okay, that's good to know. And you're doing side quests for people. So if someone says like, I want you to kill five Velocipres or whatever, uh, then you can kill five Velocipres and then boom, you, you solve your quest, you get XP and all that other junk. And you're scrounging for supplies. So like you pick up berries and ores and bones and all of these things can be used to craft new weapons, new armor to make your defense and strength even better so that you stand a chance in the much later battles. And all of these costumes that you get, by the way, uh, can be customized. You can change the colors of them. So if you want to be a pink warrior, you can be a pink warrior if you want. I want to be a pink warrior. That'd be so great for my hair. <laughs> and, then, and then later you visit a city where every single piece of armor that you make can become layered armor. So... If you want a better piece of armor that's bulkier and uglier, but it has more defense and whatnot, and you want to look cute, then you can slap the cute-looking armor on top of your big, hefty, bulky armor, and, then, and you'll still oh look cute gosh. while yes. having the heavy armor's defense, you know? Mm -hmm. The story's pretty cute. Uh, the animations are so good. Like, I was not expecting that going in, but the animations are fantastic. Right. I think about, like, the opening segment where, like, Kana meets Naviru, the weird little cat mascot of this game, the weird yeah. cat friend. <laughs> I like Naviru. Mm -hmm. And she'll literally, like, grab his face and, like, stretch out his face and just make his whole face <laughs> contorted and weird. And, ah, what are you doing? Ah! The, the anime expressions are so fun. I love whenever you transport from place to place with a catavan, because that's a thing. Um, wait, there's a catavan? It was in the demo. Do you not remember wait, that? Wait, what was that? What was that again? It's when you find this little post in the wild. It's run by a cat, and he can transport you to. The oh, village. okay, the one that transports you to. Okay, I remember now. Because, because it, it made me laugh the first time I did it. Because, like, I transported back to the village, and you see, like, Naviru and your character, like, in the wagon, and they kind of get flung yeah. off the wagon. Oh, yeah, and they fling you out from- they fling you out. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, bye, yeet. And they've got, like, these dead anime expressions where, like, their eyes just turn into white circles, and they're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cute. I like that. It's a very cute game, and it- I guess it looks different from the main series, but in terms of, like, making Monster Hunter anime, I think it looks pretty pretty darn good. And, uh, yeah, it's been a ton of fun. I was surprised. I went into it not expecting much. I didn't think about this game three months ago when it was, you know, out there and people knew it existed. But 
yeah, the more I saw of it at E3, it looked so fun. And now that I'm playing it, it is fun. It's a great time. It's getting me into Monster Hunter. Or at the very least, I will enjoy the Monster Hunter Stories subcategory if I don't like the main series. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Stories is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I like the demo a lot. Like, I wanted to pick up um, the game around the time it released, but I had other things, like, financially and just, like, in real life. But if I had the money and when I have the time, I will definitely pick up Monster Hunter Stories too, because, again, just, like, the gameplay was fun. I loved customizing my own character. I thought that was cute. And I like the feel of the world, you know? Yeah. Like, at least from what I played from the demo, I like the world building a lot, too. Like, having your own, like... You're, I know you're, like, in the village first and then you travel off, but I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will wish list Monster Hunter Stories 2. And I'll get to it someday. It's it's a lot of fun. I haven't finished it quite yet. Uh, I've been doing so much recording of Steambot Chronicles and other stuff, I just haven't had right, the time to play it. for sure. But, uh... Yeah, it's great. I'm I'm hoping to finish it, and when I finish it, I'll probably give Monster Hunter World a chance. But uh, yeah, the only thing that feels off about the story is that I definitely feel like I am missing something for not having played the first one, because it often feels like Naviru is running into characters that it's like, oh my god, it's you! I didn't think I'd see you here, and I'm like, should should I know this character? Should should this oh. <laughs> was this character in the first one? And then uh, sure enough, I look up in a Wikipedia, this character was in the first one, and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, really? Okay. There's a lot of characters from the first game that are in part two. So even though this is kind of a standalone title, because you are the grandson and or granddaughter of Red, who was this famous monster rider who was like, I guess maybe the hero of the first one? I'm not sure. But um the character is going in completely blank. They don't know anything about the world they're in. But the game kind of expects that maybe you've played the first one because they do run into characters from that game. And I feel like there are payoffs that are kind of going over my head, maybe. But, um, you know. Yeah. Hey, this game's on the Switch, not the 3DS, so it looks damn good. And I think it's a good starting point anyway, so. I've always been aware of the series. Always been aware of it. But I just never got into it. And uh, maybe I'll be into it pretty soon. Maybe I'll get into it pretty soon. Like how I got into Yakuza back in the day. Because, you know, I started playing Yakuza last year. Never touched a game before then. And I've played all of them now. And yeah, it's a great series. I love Yakuza. So things could change. Things could change. For sure. For sure. What have you been playing, Carol? Well, um, TBH. One of the reasons um, I couldn't get into Monster Hunter Stories 2 for the time being was I was busy playing the award-winning MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV, <laughs> <laughs> the complete version. <laughs> so I do have the all the expansions, including Heaven's Ward. Yes, the award-winning Heaven's Ward. And Which it has a free trial up to level 60. With no restrictions on playtime, by the way, if you get the free trial. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how that game's kind of ticking off this month, right? Oh, yeah. I heard it was because of a content creator, like, who left WoW and has started playing Final Fantasy XIV. And, like, I guess this guy's really, really popular. Um, so I guess that's why it's kind of taken off out of nowhere. But uh, it's still, it's kind of surprising. Because yeah. I started playing it, like, 
five months ago, and it's still popular. There's still tons of people playing it, but even especially this last month, this last month or two, it got big popularity out of nowhere. Yeah, and the thing is, for me at least, I've been meaning to get into 14 for a long time because I actually had another account on my PC in 2019. Like, I had a Lollafell character I started in Uldaw. But unfortunately, um, my laptop setup isn't the best, so a lot of my game would lag because I just didn't have the proper components to play the game. So I kind of had to wait a while. But thanks to Clement, and because of how nice and sweet and smart and helpful and giving and generous he is, he actually... <laughs> even though you're wrong about even though you're wrong about house um <laughs> thanks you. to him <laughs> hey i'm right anyway thanks to him i was able to get his old ps4 so i could play final fantasy 14 finally so i happened to start right when everyone else i guess started playing it so that's been an experience yeah you picked a good time to jump in because everyone else is jumping in. yeah mm-hmm and it's just been, this game's amazing. Like, I already liked a lot of what I'd played, um, when I was, um, a Lalafell. But, um, thanks to this new setup, I've been able to actually fully enjoy, you know, the experience of 14. Um, for the record, by the way, I am a Viera. So, that's the bunny. Um, race. <laughs> oh, yeah. In 14. <laughs> so I'm a bunny. Her name is Sylvia. And she's adorable. She's like me if I was taller and had pink hair and was a bunny. <laughs> 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 and she's, she's great. Yeah. Um, she's an archer. So I started her off with archery. And, um, she just learned yesterday, as of this recording, like, the BART stuff, which thanks again for helping me out with that mission. No problem, no problem. So, she knows how to make music, and she also weaves, and she can cook, and she's a, you know, things I do in real life. <laughs> 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 and she's she's the best eventually i want to work her up to level 60 so i can finally get the dancer job because that's ultimately like what i want to play as because like i dance in real life and you know dancer jobs are cool as fuck in rpgs so yeah and i hear they're really fun to play too mm -hmm, for sure so yeah i've been having a really great time at 14 i don't think i'm gonna stop anytime soon i think it's just nice to have like to me a game that it, that that's something I can play continuously. Mm -hmm. I often have the case with a lot of like my backlog in video games where I'm like, I don't know what to play. So I guess 14 is going to be that one game where I can always just come back to and play, you know? Yeah. In addition to the other games I have on my RPG list. So. And believe me, you're going to be playing for a long, long time because like I have been recording hundreds of hours of this game. I've recorded at least 150 hours with my two terabyte computer and believe wow. me it's it's almost taking up all the space it's crazy i can't wait to be done this video God damn, wow. i can't wait to be done this video because then i could just clear all that footage off my hard drive and just be done with it but i'm only doing uh the first two campaigns for the video i've only done a realm reborn and heaven's ward 
And even just those two campaigns are so ginormous. It feels like you're playing two gigantic games, like two Xenoblade Chronicles type games that like, I can't believe there's still more for me to do. I can't believe I still have more quests, more plot lines, more things with Stormblood and Shadowbringers and the upcoming Endwalker. Like, I can't believe this thing's still going. Yeah, because... Endwalker's coming in November. I feel yeah. like I'm just going to be, I feel like I'm going to be like in Stormblood or whatever by the time Endwalker comes out. <laughs> I want to get like all the story stuff done, <laughs> but like I heard, the, I heard the story actually gets very immersive and pretty complex by the expansion. So I'm excited to get into that. I'm still in a Realm Reborn, so I have a ways to go. But I do want to complete all of the main story quests or the MSQs, as fourteen players like to call yeah, it. Yeah, you got to learn all the terminology. You got to know what a tank is. Mm-hmm. You got to know what a an ad is. Do you know what an ad? No. That's when a boss is fighting you, and then they summon minions to come at you because they're additions, they're ads. Eh? Eh? Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, like, I like that. if they if you hear someone in the chat go, "Take out the ads," that means take out the things that are accompanying the boss because you don't want their helpers to oh. do shit. Yeah, yeah, I learned that too. Okay, that <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. But um, jam packed with content. Yeah, I will say that A Realm Reborn does a fantastic job with teaching you the game mechanics of, like, how the game works. So you're getting story, but you're also learning, like, oh, here are the three city-states. There's Ulda over here and Gridania there and Limsa over here. And here's, you know, how to fight. And this is how you do quests. And, you know, it teaches you... I guess, a lot of good beginner mechanics. It's definitely helping me understand the game more. Yeah. Uh, Some people over-exaggerate that A Realm Reborn is like the slog or the bad part that you have to do in order to get to, like, Heavensward and whatnot, and... I disagree. I heavily disagree with that. Agreed. I feel like... I feel like if you're a new player to 14, it's worth getting into A Realm Reborn, because not only are you learning how the game works, but you're still getting some story... You like you're getting an appreciation for the world building that goes into Eorzea, and you know, as a Final Fantasy fan and as like a JRPG fan in general, like I appreciate that when it comes to story. Yeah, like I, I will agree that the story is a little bit basic if you're just going by a Realm Reborn. Like you know, and I'm not going to spoil what happens, even though there's not much to spoil. But mm-hmm. you know, primals are there, and the scions are there, and you got to take out the empire, and that's the story, basically. It's it's something that could be in any Final Fantasy game, right? But it does get a little bit more complicated uh, after the credits roll on a Realm Reborn, and after you start getting into the additional parts and Heaven's Ward and all that. But even still, I think a Realm Reborn is still good as a starter because, for one thing, it is still way more fun both in terms of dungeons and gameplay and how you grow your characters and all the different things you can do. You can go fishing, you can go mining, you can be a botanist if you really want to. Mm-hmm. And it's still a lot of fun to do all that resource management, all the combat, compared to like most MMOs. Like, I don't know if anyone played like the early parts of WoW or Final Fantasy XI or a game like Star Wars The Old Republic no. by BioWare. The only MMO I've ever played was a long time ago, and that was 
Does RuneScape count? <laughs> I had a RuneScape account. RuneScape like, in absolutely counts for sure. I had a RuneScape account in 2004, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Final Fantasy 14 is more fun than RuneScape, I dare say. Oh, for sure. Oh my god, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I think people just say Realm Reborn sucks because the, the rest of the series, the rest of 14 is so good that it just feels tame in comparison, but I don't think it... I think it's a big write-off to say 14's Realm Reborn campaign is bad. It's not bad. Yeah. It's it's a great way to start the adventure. It's a great way to ease you into what will be a fun, fun uh, black hole that you'll never escape from. Yeah, because, like, there's there's already so much content with, like, the main story quest. There's a ton to do outside of it. Like, Clement had to stop me from joining so many guilds. It's like, I really want to do everything. <laughs> like, you can mine, you can fish, you can cook, you can be a botanist. Like, I'm... I'll list all the guilds I'm in. So I'm a botanist, I'm in the Weaver Guild, I do alchemy, I cook, <laughs> I want to fish, but I'm going to hold off on that for now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's just literally so much content. It is ridiculous. Like there's the golden, sa- the golden saucers in this game. Oh man. There's a ton of content in the Golden Saucer. Like, this game is massive. It is huge. I'm never getting out. I'm never getting out of this game. We spent one night just doing a whole bunch of Gold Saucer minigames. Because, like, there's a, a rotation, right? Like, so at 10 a.m., they might do uh, Air Force One, where you're shooting balloons and stuff. And then uh, then they'll do, like, Yojimbo's minigame, where he cuts down all these different... <laughs> bamboos and you can't get hit by the bamboo you gotta like try and dodge them the way he cuts them and then he'll do like this platforming challenge where you have to platform up this thing and collect cactuar medals and whatnot and it rotates from like 10 a.m 10 20 10 40 like when the mini game starts so it happens every 20 minutes it's so fun being in the gold saucer because like you actually spend your time with real life players also waiting in line for the game to start as if it was a real amusement park it's so funny just interacting with everyone because, like, come on, and I started dancing in line and then other people started dancing, too, <laughs> while we were waiting. Oh, shit. We, we didn't even talk about the minions and the mounts and stuff. At the end of that gold saucer night, you finally got enough uh, points to get yourself a fat chocobo. I was so happy. It was so cute because, like, I was going through the prizes and I was like, I want the fat chocobo minion. And we did the games, and I collected enough Cactuar medals in the Leap of Faith. Like, I didn't finish the Leap of Faith because there were so many players. That was hectic. That was wild. Oh, yeah. But um, I'd collected enough Cactuar medals in that mini game to get enough points for the Hatchling. So I ended up getting it, and now, like, you can't name minions, but I named my um, Fat Chocobo Pudding. Aw. So Pudding follows Sylvia everywhere now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not going to go too in-depth on my thoughts on Final Fantasy XIV because I do have my video that I'm going to be working on and I'm writing the script for it and it will happen eventually. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm still kind of going through it. I, I, I just finished Heaven's Ward last week, uh, but I, I'm still doing a lot of the side quests of Heaven's Ward, so I'm still doing like the Hildebrand stuff. You're going to love Hildebrand. Uh, I'm still oh, really? doing the the Alexander side quest, and I'm doing. Um, I just finished Diablos. That whole thing. Um, that's all I'm gonna say, though. I'm just I'm just naming Final Fantasy iconography. That's all I'm gonna say. But uh, 
I'm glad you're having lots of fun with it. Literally so much fun. Like, I love my character. I love playing as her. Um, the raids have been fun. Mm -hmm. um, it's just overall a great time. Sylvia looks forward to her next adventure with Devlin. Devlin Menklex. The most badass Aura who's ever existed, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a nerd, so I have a full backstory for Sylvie. <laughs> I, I did put a lot of thought into how I was going to customize my character. Yeah. Oh my god. I spent, like, nearly an hour and a half on the character creator. Like... I started my character a little bit before um, AW Dynamite started, and it took me like over half of that episode. <laughs> so, like AW Dynamite's two hours long. It gives you an idea of how much I spent on that character. It took me like that long to make Sylvia because I had to determine like, oh, do I want her to have long bunny ears or short bunny ears? Do I want her to have like two different colored eyes, or do I want the eye color to stay consistent, or do I want? Her to have this eyeliner and this amount of makeup and this voice and that. Like, I put so much thought into her. Mm hmm I was trying to find the race that best fit me as a Canadian. <laughs> I was like, yeah. would a Lollafell be a Canadian? Would a Hrothgar be a Canadian? Uh, let's see. <laughs> and then I just, like, made my skin what I thought my skin was like and my hairstyle and my eye color what I thought they were like. And, uh, yeah. I settled on Aura because I have a lot of moles on my body and I'm always self-conscious about it. Cause I'm like, is it cancer? Is it cancer? Uh. <laughs> so far I'm fine. I've, I've been to the doctors. I seem fine. And, uh, that's good. But you know, they're always on my body. They're on my torso and my neck and my arms. And I'm just like, I have so many moles. And then I look at the Aura and they've got all these like dragon scales. They've got all these weird scaly protrusions on their bodies and stuff. And I'm just like, it kind of reminds me about how I feel about my moles and male O'Ra's are tall people. And I was the tallest guy I knew in high school. I always towered over all the <laughs> girls and whatnot. I'm tall. I got things on my body. Uh, and when I'm part of the Rain Clan, they're just peaceful people who live in the mountains and they don't want to hurt anybody. Unlike those barbaric Zela clan members with their oh, black scales <laughs> who are always warring and stuff, always fighting people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went with the Rain Clan of Aura because I was like, yeah, that feels like me. That feels like my kind of character. And who wants to be a boring human? <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely didn't want to be a human when I made my character. I didn't want to be a Lollafell. Like, I wanted to be, like, a tall babe. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted my character to be a tall babe in this game. So that's how I made Sylvia. Yeah. And she's so pretty, and she's powerful, and she's tough, and she's smart, and she wears, like, lots of cute, minimal makeup, so, yeah. She can crush you. She's very tall for most Viera, so, yeah. I'd let her step on me. <laughs> and she would. She would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should, you should show the audience her characters. Okay, I can post pictures of our characters. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you should post that picture. <laughs> that, that you picture? know, that, that picture. You know. Oh, 
okay. You gave me permission. I will. Hopefully we don't get flagged. <laughs> I, I, I joked about making this the thumbnail. I joked about making this the thumbnail, but the thing is, someone actually gave me a pretty good, like, warning that, like, you know, they might think it's sexual content. They might remove the thumbnail. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Because that happened with Rumble Roses. Yeah, it did. Right. All I did was post a screenshot of Evil Rose, the red dominatrix lady with her tits hanging out. <laughs> but they're covered. You know, the nipples are covered. You know, there's, there's a line in between the boobs. And... I was like, I didn't think much of it because I've never had a thumbnail strike. I've never had thumbnails be removed ever during the history of my 10 years on YouTube. I've never thought about that. And then all of a sudden, I go online and I notice that the, the display picture is different. I go to my email and there's sure enough a YouTube email that says your thumbnail has sexual activity and has been removed. <laughs> so I had to change Evil Rose's thumbnail to just a close-up of her face, just a close-up of her head, <laughs> because that was the least sexual thing I could get out of that, apparently. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then later there's other p photos where I have, like, literally Lady X in the thumbnail, and it's fine, even though her tits are out, too. Your tits are out, too. Like the whole game. <laughs> so I don't know what the algorithm was doing. The robot overlords of YouTube were doing when they saw Evil Rose and they were just like, no, nope, no, nope, that's a naked lady. Get off. What are you doing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had to change the thumbnail for Evil Rose's part, which was part three. And uh, I would love to show nude naked Devlin in the thumbnail, but I think that might get removed. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, Final Fantasy XIV is a great game, fantastic game, and you can play it for free right now because there is a free trial with the critically acclaimed Heavensward that is up to level 60. Yeah, there are no restrictions on playtime. It's not like you play for 35 hours and you're like, okay, bye, yeet, buy your game. No, no restrictions on playtime. <laughs> like, some features may be limited, but you get a lot out of that free trial as someone who's played it. You could reach the end credits of A Realm Reborn and have a satisfying experience just with that. So, hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, see any good movies lately, Carol? Yes, I have. I got to relive my childhood. Oh? I got to watch Space Jam 2. Oh, boy. Which was absolutely a train wreck and i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> <laughs> i would not have this movie any other way okay so i should say i have not seen it and uh that's because i don't really have any of the streaming services that everyone else uses i have netflix mm -hmm. and netflix is like the only thing i have because it's expensive getting all these streaming services you got to pay so much money every single month to uphold all of them and I never got Disney Plus because there wasn't really anything I wanted to watch on Disney. About the MCU stuff? I know, I know. You, I'm going to explain myself. Okay. Because <laughs> you had a kick out of those. Anyway, go on. <laughs> like, I like the MCU. You know, I liked the MCU when I watched it. There's plenty of movies I loved from that chain of movies. I liked Spider-Man Far From Home. I liked Captain America Civil War. That was fantastic. Endgame and Infinity War and... Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. That oh, stuff's yeah. great. That's, that's a great movie. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was like, I remember I started watching this whole MCU thing when it started, when Iron Man came out. 
And I followed along and watched every single movie because, you know, I was a fan of this universe. I like the Avengers. I want to see the rest of these movies, even though some of them were kind of eh. Like the Thor of the Dark World? Don't care about Thor of the Dark nah, World. Never want to see that movie nah, again. Whatever. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's like, but then they build up to Thanos. And even from the very first Avengers movie, they're building up Thanos as this big friggin' threat. He's the stinger at the end of that first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And the Infinity Gems are a big part of it. And these characters bond and get to know each other so long. Captain America and 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 Iron Man have a falling out because of their differences regarding the so- Sokovia Accords, and oh man, they're going through the harshest shit, and then Thanos finally fucking arrives, and Thanos kills everybody. Spoiler. Uh- <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm spoiling the most important movie blockbusters of all time right now, but whatever. So Thanos kills everybody. And then we get Endgame, which felt like a proper series finale. It felt like the end of all things. It felt like this was it, you know? The fact that Captain America and Iron Man are not going to be any future movies because they're either dead and or old. Yep. You know, that's it for their stories. And it's fine because Thanos was the big bad. They beat the big bad. They saved the day. It was such a cool callback to all the previous movies in the series. It just felt like a perfect series finale. Like, if the MCU had to end, that's where you end it, because that is a perfect ending spot for the whole line of movies. Yep. So it's like, yeah, I've heard great things about WandaVision. I've heard great things about Loki. And I'm sure Black Widow was a good movie. But I'm just in that place right now where I feel like that was a good series finale. And until I hear, like, one movie or show is, like, the most mind-blowing, bestest thing ever, I don't know if I care enough to get a Disney Plus to check it out. Can you please check out Loki? Actually, check out WandaVision first, then look, and Falcon. Okay, I love all those three, all three of those shows. I yeah. love them. They were amazing. Like, literally amazing. So I think it's worth checking out. I'm not saying, like, go to Disney Plus right now on your TV and get it, but, like, definitely... <laughs> check it out can we still like is it like netflix where like as long as you have someone's password you can just like get it i think so because if that's the case maybe i just gotta find a friend who owns it and just mooch off of them (coughs) you need a drink of water (laughs) or (laughs) your friend right here talking to you (laughs) but yeah like subscription services like is or correct me if i'm wrong hbo max isn't available for you because like that's where i watched space jam 2 from was hbo max it might be i have no idea i haven't really looked into it at all i just remember we always had issues with that because like wwe network wasn't really in canada the way it is for americans like we don't have that typical streaming service where we can just add it as an app to whatever like our wwe network was like part of a cable subscription Ew. And we had to get it through that. Ew. It was like, it was weird. We didn't do it the same way Americans did. So I never got to experience the 999, Michael Cole. Uh, <laughs> so I never really had access to WWE Network the way you guys did. And yeah, can- Canadian stuff often gets the short end of the stick when it comes to streaming services. Um, so I don't know how it is. I've never really looked right. into it, but 
just wasn't really interested, you know. Star Wars I've been done with since since the new trilogy. Uh, Rise of Skywalker was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need Star Wars in my life anymore. What's Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> that was a movie that came out, like, in 2019. I think you saw it. No, I don't think I saw it. No. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You are mistaken. I never saw Rise of Skywalker. No, 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 it no. was it was episode nine. It was the end of the new trilogy. No, 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 no. I did not. I did not pregame a drink and go into this movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cowards made that movie. Cowards. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> I was so disappointed by that trilogy and. I don't know, I just am not a big fan of how Disney has been doing Star Wars. Star Wars feels different the same way Star Trek feels different now, where it doesn't feel like it used to for me. And again, I've heard great things about The Mandalorian, but I just, I hate the fan base. I don't like interacting with Star yeah, Wars fans, because they're just so angry. Uh-huh. And everything's about wokeness and Kathleen Kennedy this, and I just, I don't care. Leave me alone, you weirdos. <laughs> I just thought the new movie sucked, okay? That's all. <laughs> That's all. I haven't played Fallen Order. I haven't seen Mandalorian. I haven't... Not interested in whatever Star Wars thing comes out, so that's just me. Yeah, everyone's going to be enjoying the MCU stuff and Star Wars stuff, and I'm just, I'm just going to be over here being like, I'm good. I've seen it. I'm done. Thanks. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to get that out in a podcast. Just wanted to get that off my chest. So in case people wonder, <laughs> what do you think of, of Loki? What do you think of this? Sorry, haven't seen it. Probably won't. Although maybe I'll see Loki. Just because Kara wants me to. Yeah. And like, subscription services are nice. Like, I share subscription services with the people I live with. So I'm not paying for everything. Like, I have a cable streaming service for um, AEW. I have like HBO Max, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, Netflix, Peacock has WWE Network, you know, there's a lot. How much money is all this? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the one. The only one I pretty much pay for is Peacock. Mhm. Mm and Sling. Basically all responsible for one or two streaming platforms where we share the passwords with everyone else. Um, speaking about paying for other things, I did a thing. Um, I spent money on go going into things that I've done in the past month. I splurged and bought tickets to um, All Elite Wrestling's next pay-per-view all out. And I'm excited. Yes. But... The ticket process was a pain in the ass. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how I survived that sale. <laughs> okay, so set the picture. What exactly do you have to do in order to get tickets for the AEW show? Okay. Wait, so have you... Actually, that's a good question to ask you. Have you ever bought anything from like Ticketmaster or bought concert tickets or wrestling tickets or whatever? Like, have you ever had to do that? Can't say I have, no. Okay. Jeez. Alright. So I'll just set up the backstory to the backstory. <laughs> so a lot of the content I do on the internet is wrestling writing. So in particular, I cover um, this wrestling promotion called All Elite Wrestling, um, AEW for short. And 
they have a lot of my favorite wrestlers like in the industry on there, which is why I consistently cover it. Uh huh. And it's a great time. Like it's not perfect, but I think storytelling wise and character wise, I think they do a better job of consistently keeping that momentum up than WWE does. That's not to say like it's not to say that like I don't like WWE. If you like WWE, that's totally cool. I just don't think that for me as a fan, it caters to a lot of what I want in wrestling. Like, I'll still watch the pay-per-views, but I wouldn't say that I'm actively into WWE as much anymore as I was, like, a decade ago. Yeah. Um, AEW's doing a pay-per-view in September called All Out. So they do four big pay-per-view events. Um, to put it in video game terms, pay-per-views are basically, like, big final bosses, season finales of sorts for um, professional wrestling. And this event is in Chicago in September. I fully vaxxed. I feel comfortable going. I'm going to be wearing a mask the whole time, you know, because I, like, I don't trust the general public. <laughs> so I'm probably going <laughs> to double. I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably going to double mask myself, you know, this ho- that whole weekend. But I'm in a space where money's looking good. I'm going to go to this event. I haven't been to a wrestling event since February 2020. Which was with another AEW pay-per-view, which was also in Chicago. So I'm pretty excited about this. The thing, though, everyone else wants to go to a wrestling event because everyone else is vaxxed. Or at least I hope so. <laughs> so you know, the ur- the, like the urgency to go to a wrestling event is pretty high right now. Yeah. Also, not to mention that AEW is currently building one of their most consistent long-term stories that I have seen in years. Um, you've heard me like basically blab about you at this for you every day for like the past two years. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. As of today, they might change it tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see how Fight for the Fallen goes. But um, Adam Page and Kenny Omega are supposed to hypothetically headline this pay-per-view. With how popular the storyline has been, that's another reason why everyone wants these tickets so case in point a whole ton of people want to fucking get these tickets <laughs> so <laughs> i had to make sure that i had my work shift called off thursday i had my account information payment credit card everything ready to go on Ticketmaster. master i had to be up early in the morning to get in the queue and i'm good i'm set i have a group chat with friends and we were trying to get tickets so this is how this is how basically Ticketmaster keys work so about 10 or 15 minutes before the tickets go on sale, so at 9.45, they take you into this page called the waiting room. So you're in the waiting virtual waiting room with a ton of other people trying to get tickets. So you just wait there. And at 10 o'clock, the page automatically refreshes and it takes you into a virtual line. How they determine your place is completely random. Okay. I don't know how. You could be first in line. You could be 100th in line. You could be... A thousandth in line, you could be two thousand plus in line. That's the default message you get if you are un- if you are like you know more than two thousand spaces in line. So I'm nervous. I'm standing there. <laughs> the room refreshes at ten, and I am nine hundredth in line. <laughs> 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 Which to me, I was like, oh my god, RNG, RNG. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I might actually get tickets to this thing. Holy shit. <laughs> so everyone else in my group chat i felt bad for because they were 2000 plus in line i felt bad i'm like oh shit oh my god so i'm waiting in line for five minutes and then the page refreshes and i'm at the ticket master room 
Like, I'm at, the, I'm at the actual ticket page where I can select the tickets. And my goal was I wanted to be on the lower section, like on TV side. But no matter how many seats I clicked, I would always get a message that either said, we're sorry, please leave two spaces at the end of your row, or those tickets were already taken by another fan. So one by one, I'm seeing the tickets disappear like doop. <laughs> across the entire map and i'm like panicking <laughs> so at this case i'm like okay i need to pick tickets and i need to pick tickets quick so i selected three because i was buying for two of my friends um maria if you're listening to this hello <laughs> but hi maria, um, hi, maria. <laughs> so i picked them for me maria and our other good friend um liz and we got our tickets I had to patiently wait through the credit card loading page, wait for that to confirm and go through, and finally, the tickets, the page refreshed, and it said, you got the tickets. And I was, like, relieved. Oh my god, that was so stressful. And all those, and this was just the pre-sale. This was the pre-sale. This wasn't even the general sale. Good lord. I, I got a ticket pre-sale code from Pro Wrestling Tees, um, for being on the new, like, VIP newsletter list. And... Those pre-sale tickets sold out in, like, an hour. Damn. An hour. There were 9,000 tickets sold in an hour. Which meant that when the general sale happened the next day, there were only 2,000 tickets available. People really wanted to get back to wrestling, huh? Well, people really want to see Hangman, the Cowboy versus Kenny live. It's like if I paid a ticket to see Cloud versus Sephiroth. Like, if Cloud was a cowboy, and if Sephiroth was, like... <laughs> Am I wrong, though? I mean, he he lived in Nibelheim, and Tifa wore a cowgirl outfit in Nibelheim. Yeah. So I guess he was in the western part of the Final Fantasy VII world. Like, again, I'm putting this in video game terms. I paid a ticket to go see Cowboy Cloud versus Sephiroth live. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's also just the fact that, like, you know, it's been a while because yes. the pandemic mm-hmm. was a thing. And... All these wrestling shows have had to perform to either nobody or just select wrestlers or the Thunderdome, Thunderdome. which is just a bunch of people on webcams. So glad we're passing the Thunderdome. I was in like one of the Thunderdome um, ones, but other than that, I never really. Yeah, I think it was SummerSlam. I forget. I forget what it was, but other than that, I've never really been in a Thunderdome. Um. Wrestling without an audience is weird. Like, there were some still some really cool matches, like um, the Stadium Stampede match from Double or Nothing last year came out of, you know, the pandemic. You know, how are we going to entertain people who are at home and can't get to these events? Oh, okay, let's do an entire match in an empty football stadium and use, like, literally everything in there and make a really chaotic, crazy, fun 50-minute match. Like, there were some good moments that came out of this, of course. Yeah. But there's nothing more satisfying than an organic feeling of just hearing fans gather in, like, outside or just in general and just hearing them react. Like, that's an entirely, you know, different thing than just, you know, webcam reactions on the Twitter room. Yeah, I always felt bad for Drew McIntyre because <sighs> this was yeah. his WrestleMania year. <laughs> like, 2020 was his WrestleMania year. He finally earned the top spot. And he won the title, you know, he beat Brock Lesnar to get that belt. And unfortunately, it was at the empty WrestleMania where there wasn't a crowd to just pop with him. He couldn't celebrate in front of like hundreds, thousands of people. 
he had to do it in an empty arena because of a pandemic. And it's like, ah, poor Drew McIntyre. He deserved a better WrestleMania. He did, for sure. Like, there was, um, there was an AEW show called Blood and Guts, which is basically, um, AEW's take on, do you know the War Games type of match where they have two cells? Like, they're two rings. And yeah. they're all in a cage. Yeah. So this was supposed to be AEW's take on War Games. And I was literally about to buy a ticket to Newark for this event, but everything shut down and we're, we eventually did get Blood and Guts, like, this past May, but not with the original plan that was set in the first place. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things were just derailed um, in professional wrestling. A lot of things changed in the business. And it's something, like, I'm glad a lot of people are talking about now. Because the pandemic really did change a lot of just the logistics of professional wrestling, what you could do in front of a crowd, what you could do, you know, it's just, it's, it's very fascinating. Yeah. Although I did like when the pandemic first started, uh, there was really early, really early when the pandemic first started. I think it might have been the first show, actually. Stone Cold Steve Austin came to one of the arenas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Stone Cold oh, does yeah. his usual thing because he always involves the crowd. He, he does his usual thing and he goes... If you want to see Stone Cold give this guy an ass whooping, give me a hell yeah! Dead silence. I think it was, I forget who it was. Was it Byron Saxton? I, I, don't, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Byron someone, Saxton, yeah. Okay. And he was like, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah! I forgot, yeah. He's the one guy who goes, hell yeah! And Austin just kind of gives him a look like, what? <laughs> Yeah. But, like, before that, even when the silence happened, like, no response. They cu- the, it was so funny. They cut to the to the empty seats. Like, the camera actually cuts to the empty seats. Cuts back to Austin looking confused and be like, I said, give me a hell yeah. Cuts back. Nothing. <laughs> well, things are, well, things are picking up again, because I don't know how much you've caught with wrestling news, but Cena's back. Yeah. To a thunderous applause, which is shocking considering, like, legit 10 years ago, at Money in the Bank, he was booed. Heavily booed. I remember John Cena's career quite well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, rumor has it that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are supposed to be coming to AEW at some point. So that's another wild thing everyone's freaking out about. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe Same. it when I see it. Same, same, same. I'm so tired of people getting their hopes up about CM Punk, you know? If it happens, cool, but I just don't see it. We'll see. I know. It's like, it's the same stance I've had with, like, Bully 2, because Bully 2 is a very similar thing to the CM Punk rumors, where I would love the prospect of it returning, but until I see credible evidence right in front of me that it's happening, I'm not going to believe it. Yeah. And by the way, we did a fantastic co-op playthrough of Bully on this very channel. You should <laughs> totally did. watch it. Please check it out. It's great. It's awesome. I love Bully. <laughs> it's awesome stuff. Great game. But yeah, I'm excited to um, head back to AEW. It's been such a long time. Plus, I get to see Kenny live for the first time since February of last year. Gonna and be good. Gonna that be good. Means a lot. It's gonna be good. <laughs> I I I want to get back to this though. How was Space Jam two? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe you just like warped over Space Jam two. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. We brought it up. 
that you saw Space Jam 2. We started talking about like streaming services and then Ticketmaster and AEW and wrestling. And it's like, wait a minute, we forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> All cool. Um, Space Jam 2 was fun. Um, do you like the shockiness of the original? The original, I don't think, is, like, the worst thing ever. I, I enjoy it for the dumb 90s nostalgia that it is. Okay, so then you're going to enjoy this for the dumb 2020s nostalgia it's going to be in a few years? Maybe. I don't know. I saw some people going into Space Jam 2 like it was supposed to be, like, I don't know, an Oscar-worthy piece of, like, <laughs> art. And I'm like, it's Space fucking Jam 2. It's going to be shocky. It's going to be cheesy. It's going to have promotions up the ass. Like, mm-hmm. Do you really expect anything else? That being said, like, the amount of stuff that I can't believe that Space Jam 2 got away with is wild. There's some cameos or some things that happened where I take a sec- second take and the people who, who, are, who are listening to this know what I'm talking about. I'm like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> like, in one of the trailers, um... You could see the Clockwork Orange characters in the audience, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing there? <laughs> when I think Looney Tunes, I think Clockwork Orange, that's for sure. And I'm like, when I think basketball, I think Clockwork Orange. Like, I think droogs. What? <laughs> so there's, there's that cameo. Um, if you don't like... Big Chungus, well, um, I recommend you not watch this movie. Of course! Of course it's in the movie. <laughs> yes, it's in the it movie. Is. And I like... Of course it is. I cried. <laughs> you cried? It's a Big Chungus? No, because like, I was talking to my students a couple weeks ago, and they were like, oh, we saw the movie over the weekend with Big Chungus in it. And I'm like, the movie with who? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> They're calling Bugs Bunny Big Chungus now. No. <laughs> they called it the, I'm, I'm not kidding, Coleman. They called it the Big Chungus movie. Oh no. I feel so old. God. Like, <laughs> Big Chungus, it, it's like, you, you've seen that Metal Gear shit post? Remind me. It's, um, I don't know. I don't know much about Metal Gear Solid, but it's the one where, um, haven't you heard of Big Chungus? Memes control history, like, you know, that, that shit post. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I've shown it to you before, but in that shit post, he's like, Big Chungus is bigger than Bugs Bunny himself, and it's so true here! <laughs> See, it's like, when I was a kid, I watched Looney Tunes all the time, because luckily, Looney Tunes cartoons... The old ones were actually broadcast at like 5 p.m. on weekends, mm-hmm. and it was great. I remember loving the Roadrunner cartoon so damn much. They always made me laugh harder than any other cartoon I'd ever seen. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got memories of just like the weird ones where, you know, Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd were in an opera, and Bugs Bunny dies at the end, except he doesn't really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I just remember loving that show to death and watching that over and over again. And I never, ever saw Big Chungus. <laughs> I saw Bugs Bunny in a wrestling match with a fat guy, but not fucking Big <laughs> Chungus. I mean, I saw the short. I just didn't, you know, no one called him Big Chungus yet. I've never seen the short either. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it wasn't part of the Looney Tunes show that I watched. 
I guess, I guess they didn't use that particular clip. I guess so. Because Cartoon Network aired, like, well, Cartoon Network's parent company, Turner, had, like, the entire Warner Brothers library. So in addition to the Looney Tunes, they were airing, like, other Merry Melodies that weren't under the Looney Tunes banner. And the early, early, like, Bugs Bunny shorts. So I remember seeing, like, Big Chungus, I guess, in passing in the early 2000s. But he wasn't Big Chungus yet. He was Bugs Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) For Christ's sake. (laughs) It makes me wonder what children genuinely think of the Looney Tunes, if they're even getting it. Because, like, I don't think those old cartoons are being broadcast on the air anymore. I know there was a new Looney Tunes cartoon that I haven't seen anything of. I just know that uh, Lola Bunny is actually funny in it. Oh, the new, the Looney Tunes show? Yeah. Oh, the Looney Tunes show was hilarious. I love it. But, you know. The original Space Jam is not a beloved movie. I don't own it on Blu-ray. I'm not in any rush to own it on Blu-ray. It, it's a movie that exists. The, the most memory I have of Space Jam is that my cousin had the Monstars as action figures. Aww. So, like, we would play with his toys and we would actually use the Monstars, especially the big green guy who was, like, basically the Hulk. But if it was ginger? Yeah. <laughs> we used that toy a lot whenever we were playing around and stuff. And that's that's the most memory I have of Space Jam. Just playing with the Monstars action figures. Aww. <laughs> yeah. I had the VHS of Space Jam. Mm-hmm. It was a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. Like, if you're into cheesy stuff, and if you don't expect high quality like storytelling space jam 2 is a nice way to kill like two hours is it better or worse than the original space jam i think it's better than the original just because of like how much like schlock and cameos and references they were able to get away with i was just amused by this movie yeah like they took the commercialism of the first movie and just tenfolded it by a lot. It is wild how much commercialism there is in this movie. Like, I was expecting it in the first place, but it's so hilarious. Like, it's... It's like if... It's it's junk food. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how you like to have, like, I don't know, fries and, like, a burger every once in a while? I still eat at McDonald's. Like, every once in a while, I'll get chicken nuggets and fries, and this was Space Jam too. i might see it one day but i don't know yeah and uh anything else you've been playing carol well when i'm not playing 14 um i've been playing yakuza kiwami um so i've also been wanting to get into yakuza clement's played all the games but i've played through zero and i loved what i played of zero last year loved it I think Zero is fantastic. It's a great starting point to get into Yakuza. So I decided to pick up Kiwami. And Kiwami's been really fun too. I'm I'm happy. It also helps that um I played Zero before Kiwami. So technically, technically speaking, like the first Yakuza game came out before, you know, Zero did. Because Zero was a prequel game that was made like several years ago. Yeah. But playing Kiwami first made me appreciate a lot of the world building I was introduced to in Zero. So it made me appreciate, like, vibes between Kiryu and Nishiki, and Majima's there too, and 
it's amazing to see how Kamarocho changed from the 80s to the mid-2000s, like that. I, I actually played the games in the order that I thought would be appropriate, because I chose to go in release date order, as in I would play Yakuza Kiwami first, and then mm -hmm. two, Kiwami two, and then uh, three, four, five, then go to zero, then go to six. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's a weird experience playing Kiwami because I assumed it was just going to be very faithful to the original PlayStation 2 game, that it was just going to be mostly about that storyline. And it is, for the most part. But they added a bunch of scenes and a bunch of subplots that are deeply connected to Yakuza 0. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't play Yakuza 0, there were certain things that definitely go over your head, like um, the race car plotline, yep. where... Kiryu actually starts racing toy RC cars <laughs> with children. <laughs> because that's what a former Yakuza would be doing when <laughs> all these people are getting killed and all this horrible shit's going on. Kiryu's like, I need to start racing toy cars. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, and it's because, again, I played Zero, so when the race car stuff came, I was like, oh my god, it's that guy! Oh my gosh! And <laughs> it's, all it's the pocket Nishiki circuit guy. Yeah, and when with Nishiki, I don't want to spoil what happens with Nishiki, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is so sad, you know? Yeah, they added a lot of story for Nishiki. Which I appreciated, because I like Nishiki. Yeah, if you go back and watch the original game's cutscenes, or played the original game, um, pretty much every single scene that happens in between chapters with Nishiki isn't in the game. Mm -mm. Like, we get all the stuff with him involved with Kiryu, like all the scenes with him and Kiryu, and him and like the the headquarters of uh the tojo and whatnot but like you don't get any of the backstory leading up to his his turn to the dark side let's say kiwami still like ups the goofiness of like yakuza's world because like you're fight you're fighting bad guys you're fighting crime but you're also like going to karaoke and going to cabarets and helping children <laughs> and then let's go bowling why not let's go bowling yeah let's go bowling <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I, I often hear the comparison that like yakuza is just japanese grand theft auto which is kind of true but eh, not really because eh, you know you eh. don't beat you don't beat up random people on the street. You don't carjack or anything. It's not in Kiryu's, like, nature to... And they go more in-depth with this in series. It's not really in Kiryu's nature to, you know, go up to people and really punch them. Like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. I liken it more to, like... And I know it's weird to say, but kind of slice of life, in a sense. No, I, I, I think that's good. At least if we're talking about um things outside of, like, you know the story because yes it's a serious story it, there are some emotional and deep moments in yakuza but part of life is like silly stuff and you know just ex embracing the inormalities of life and oh yeah i think a lot of quests and especially the side missions and what you can do in the mini games really hone into that Especially when you get to the later games, because, like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, Yakuza 6 was, like, the most comfy, cozy game that just happened to be about beating up the Yakuza, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you join a baseball game, you go diving for fish and stuff in that game, like, mm -hmm. you're doing all of these mini games and these activities that would feel out, wouldn't feel out of place in just a happy-go-lucky 
wholesome kind of video game instead of this one where you beat up gangsters, you know? Don't you also drive taxis? Uh, you drive taxis in, in Yakuza 5, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yakuza 5 is the most experimental game in the series, and I love it. It's why it's one of my favorites. I love Yakuza 5 so much, it's like in my top two. It's my second favorite Yakuza, because I just love how experimental it is and how strange and different it is. I've never played a video game like Yakuza 5. Mm-hmm. It's... I've never played a game like it, and that's why it sticks with me, and it's still ingrained in my brain. Right. Like, I still think about so many scenes in that game. Just like I still think about so many scenes in Yakuza 3, and I still think about so many scenes in Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 0. Like, this series really did grab its hooks into me uh, when I played it last year. And, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic series. If you haven't given Yakuza a shot, you definitely need to. Please give it a shot. It's so good. Because it's really not what you think it's going to be. I really, it really surprised me. Yeah. Like, I know I haven't played through the whole series yet, but I fully intend on going through one through six and like a dragon as well. I'm like hooked. Mm -hmm. As long as Final Fantasy XIV doesn't have its graphs on me, I am going to play through like the whole series. I think for the rest of the year, all you're going to play is Yakuza and Final Fantasy. I mean, yeah, like aside from what, Metroid Dread? and smt that i'm i'm set i'm good <laughs> i got too so, many things i want to play because of that damn uh-huh. nintendo e3 uh, last I month i know right oh my god it's like i want to play great oh, ace super attorney monkey ball. i forgot about super monkey ball and great ace super attorney monkey that comes ball. out yeah and thanks to 14 now i want to play 12 because the viera are in 12 and i'm interested you know learning more <laughs> about that so now i want to play final fantasy 12 but yeah, I, I, Yakuza is something special, and I've always considered actually doing kind of my own videos on it. I might do like a retrospective on it. Yakuza, because it is something that did grab me, and I do have lots of thoughts about it. I think Yakuza 3, a lot of people say it's the worst one, and I guess technically it is, but I think even the worst Yakuza is still a very interesting game, and I think Yakuza 3 is like one of the, my favorites, in terms of story anyway. Not in terms of gameplay. Although what is there gameplay-wise is not bad. It's just, it's not as refined as what Zero and Kiwami and Kiwami 2 eventually became, you know? Right. But for what Yakuza 3 is, and especially the two games it followed on the PS2, 3 was the first one to introduce karaoke. 3 has like golf and all these different (laughs) minigames. And what they do with Kiryu's character by having him in charge of an orphanage is so fucking wholesome and it adds so much depth to him and i think the villain is great mine is like one underrated villain i thought he was so interesting Mm -hmm. i I love yakuza 3 and a lot of people say it's the worst one i disagree i think yakuza 4 for me was probably the worst one and even yakuza 4 still an enjoyable game i just think it's the worst of the yakuza series personally but i almost want to do a defense video for yakuza 3 because i could gush about that game for hours even though it's, I guess, one of the lesser received ones. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> right, right. I think I also appreciate the Yakuza series a lot, um, coming from a cultural standpoint, because, like, um, Japan in general is, like, a country that means a lot to me. Oh, yeah. So, like, walking through, like, Kamarocho, I'm uh, like, hey, the Don Quixote is actually in that spot. Like, if you go to Shinjuku and go to the Red Light District, the Don Quixote is actually legit right there. <laughs> on that street corner and there's the like the, the subway station right there 
I remember when I was talking about this with you, and you mentioned that like the Millennium Tower in Yakuza felt like a very similar building to something you went to yeah, for your office job. Yeah, like it's not exactly in the same spot because I don't think there's like I haven't been to um I haven't been to Japan in, like three years. I don't think it's like exactly in the same spot, but it is very reminiscent to the buildings that are around that area. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> It's it's like a virtual vacation. It's like it's so freaking oh great to just visit during all the these pandemic. different Japanese cities. During the especially pandemic, during the great. pandemic, right? <laughs> it's like Japan so much. It's like I, you get to Sotenbori, uh, which is Dotenbori in real life. Yeah, and that's I really want to go there again. Oh my gosh, I I love so that place. Pretty. I love it that is place. So pretty at night. Oh my gosh, we have to go. I absolutely want to. I love that place so much just from the Yakuza games. And then later, Persona 5 Strikers had it. Yeah. <laughs> Dote and Bori shows up in Persona oh, 5 God. Strikers. And that's so strange when you're playing two games back to back in the same year that have that same location. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> like, you're telling me, because, like, Persona 5 Strikers, like, not to change it off a bit of that, but, like, going to Tokyo, then going to Sendai, then going to um, Osaka, like, that set me back because I was like, oh my gosh, I've been to these places. Mm-hmm. I miss Japan. <laughs> I really want to <laughs> go again. Um, I really want to go for um, Wrestle Kingdom, which is New Japan Pro Wrestling's big show every year. It's like their WrestleMania. Yeah. But I really want to go um, to attend one of those. I just need money first and time. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we had unlimited money? And we just do oh, whatever yes, we wanted. That'd be, that'd be so wonderful. <laughs> I could buy, I could buy front receipts to all the shows. I could pay off my student loans. I could buy all the video games I want. All that fun stuff. I'd be buying a solar-powered mansion. <laughs> Ooh, is that one of your dreams? A solar-powered mansion. A solar-powered mansion that never needs electricity. That is uh, <laughs> self-sustaining. Keep me off the grid. I don't know. <laughs> Pipe dream, I know. But. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, I like the Yakuza series not only for the fun, deep characters, the wackiness and the great mini games and the scenery of Japan. It's just so fun to go through all the different cities that you go to in that series and just kind of vicariously live through the video game. And the karaoke is so fucking good. Oh, my God. There are so many great karaoke bits throughout the series, and the actual actors sing the songs themselves. Oh, it's so fun. It's it's more than just the um, Bakamitai. I mean, there are a lot of great songs. Though, I do love singing Bakamitai. Mm-hmm. See what everyone is sad about this game. <laughs> I was always fond of Tonight from Kiwami 1, because Kiryu's he's, he's singing a sad song about his relationship with, with Nishki and how it's yeah. going to shit. And he misses his friend. He misses Nishki. Aww. <laughs> These games go places, man. These games go it's places. so sad. But it's so... It's pure joy. It's pure joy. And I get it. You know, it's one of those series I knew was popular and people liked it. And when I finally started playing them, I was like, I get it now. I get why this thing is so popular. Yakuza is so special. Yakuza is so great. And uh, I'll probably have to check out Lost Judgment when that comes out later, but I probably won't. Just because I have so little money and so many things I need to buy already. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta get all those video games. 
I keep buying all these old retro games too, is the problem. Oh yeah. I keep buying new Blu-rays for my movie collection and I keep buying old retro video games. I bought Reservoir Dogs on PS2. Oh god. Because I remember having a fun laugh with that. And it's still a dumb guilty pleasure for me. It's it's the acting is terrible. The voice acting's hilariously bad. But it's weird in that you play these guys who are robbing a bank and so you have like hostage negotiation stuff and like you can hold people hostage and direct them to walls and you can get out of situations without firing a single bullet you can literally play the whole game without shooting a single person which is a really interesting mechanic that i never saw in other video games so that kind of makes it almost interesting Mm -hmm. and uh i'm not going to recommend reservoir dogs the video game i'm not saying it's good (laughs) but the hostage stuff was kind of interesting. And then you have to play those shitty car racing levels and it goes back to being shit again. Gosh. <laughs> so I've been playing Reservoir Dogs behind the scenes in case people are wondering. Because there, there was a PS2 Reservoir Dogs video game and the only returning actor was Michael Madsen because Michael Madsen will do anything for money. And uh, <laughs> he's he's been a voice actor for so many video games, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just don't forget to pre-order the best upcoming video game release this November. People have been waiting years for this. We were waiting for an update for a long, long, long time. This November, yes, that is right. The long-awaited classic coming to Nintendo Switch. Plumbers don't wear ties. Can't forget about plumbers don't wear ties. <laughs> day one. I'm going to be there day one. I need to own a copy of that. <laughs> Take your damn clothes off. But yeah, I think that stretches it out for this podcast, Caro. Unless uh, there's anything else you wanted to discuss. Please get vaxxed and wear your mask. That's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Please. Get vaccinated, wear a mask everywhere, wash your hands. Because mm-hmm. I know I know there's this like this compulsion that like, well, everyone's getting vaccinated, so the virus is going away. The virus is gone. No. It's not gone. No. It's not, it's not gone. gone. People are still getting hospitalized. People are still dying and getting sick from this thing. And you know, that Delta variant sounds kind of wicked bad. And yeah. uh I think, you know, just because it seems like things are getting better. You know, wrestling shows have crowds again mm-hmm. and, and people are doing things more often now. Yes, but don't let your guard down. Don't no. be careless. You still got to watch out and be careful until we know for sure that it's gone, gone. You know, I am not wearing I am not taking my mask off until it is gone, gone. Yeah. Until someone or some official says, yes, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Well, honestly, let's face it, I'm going to wear a face mask if I'm sick now, because that's just the mindset that this pandemic, you know, has set in. You know, it's like Japan's been doing that all this whole time. Oh, they've been doing it forever. And, Mm -hmm. like, Japan's always had the right idea. It really should be something that all countries should be doing. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) maybe next month we'll get to Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's going to be one ep- it's going to be one episode dedicated to Sonic. Who knows how long that episode's going to be? How long we could talk about Sonic? If there is no interesting newsworthy stuff next month, if nothing interesting happens to us at all, I promise you we will dedicate that entire podcast just to Sonic because I know <laughs> Kara's been wanting to talk about Sonic for so long. 
and we just keep get we just keep having other things happen where we keep playing other games and we keep having other stuff that like we just don't get around to it but i promise we'll have a sonic video one day <laughs> so maybe it's out now by the time i release this but i do have a wrestling piece on brian pullman up on my website and you should go read that her website will be in the description Oh, and I should also mention that we're actually uh, like on uh, Spotify now. <laughs> Ooh, it's, we are on Spotify. Oh my gosh, that's it's great. It's been in the description of episodes one and two, but uh, I didn't mention it on air, but we're on Spotify. So if you just want to listen to our voices and not watch this YouTube video, because whatever, internet connection, who cares? But mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to just listen to us on Spotify, uh, there's, a, there's a link to that through Anchor FM. And it also gets uploaded to other things like, uh, I think, Google Podcast or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I just uploaded to Anchor and they just put it on things. So I'm not a big podcaster guy. I just know they put it on Spotify and that's good enough for me. If you want to listen to this on Spotify, well, I, too bad. You're at the very end of this. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention it at some point and I forgot to mention it at the beginning. So we're on Spotify. And from part four onwards, you can listen to us on Spotify. I'll go tell my parents. My parents don't listen to anything I do on the internet, for the record. <laughs> as they shouldn't. As they shouldn't. No, no. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been fun. I am the great Clement. And I am Caro. And we will see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Wash your hands. <laughs>